What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 136 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, The Heroes of QAnon, Where Are They Now? episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. Q's White Hats have been fighting valiantly since 2017 to defeat the elite adrenochrome vampires. But lately, things just don't feel the same. Not only did the guy on TV change, but he rarely even makes public appearances anymore. The failure to take the Capitol was deeply embarrassing. Toy faves are being canceled, and everyone around them seems to be bending to the tyrannical rule of Bill Gates-style paper masks and vaccinations. What's more, QAnon is censored on all the major mainstream media platforms. The Shaman is in jail, and Q stopped posting in December of last year. That's why this week is the perfect time to check in on the patriots who are still trying to save the Republic, and see how they're faring under the satanic Biden administration. First, we'll chat about HBO's ongoing documentary series, Q Into the Storm, which puts eight coon operators, Ron and Jim Watkins, under the microscope. Then we'll check in on Donald Trump, General Flynn and his family, QAnon lawyer Sidney Powell, and MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell. Finally, we'll cover the rank-and-file QAnon followers who are still out there on the alt-internet baking crumbs. One last thing. Travis View is dead. Long live Travis View. We'll ask the man why he decided to reveal his real name. Jake and I have been observing him closely as of late, attempting to suss out whether it's still cool to call him Trav. So far, so good. Yes, Travis is fine. Thank God. That would be too too difficult for us. I mean, yeah. you know, following the Q the QAnon movement is one thing, uh, but changing names of our, our friend and colleague uh, that we've grown used to mm-hmm. for the last two and a half, potentially three years, I, I think is more than I could handle. Yeah, there was a point where we basically, we knew his name, but we kept calling him Travis by mistake, kind <laughs> of, and we were like, well, is it fine if we just do that and not even just basically ignore that you have another name? And by the way, are we going to find that out on the episode right now? Let's... Yeah, we, we 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 will talk about it. I I assumed everyone just knew it was a fake name, but the assumption proved to be incorrect, as we'll discuss today. Perfect. Let's get right into it by talking about Colin Hoback's six-part documentary series, Q Into the Storm, uh, of which we've seen the four episodes that have aired. So yes. This was, a, this was a documentary that has been three years in the making. It really got incredible access to the main people responsible for platforming and promoting QAnon. That includes Ron and Jim Watkins, uh, Paul Ferber, who ran the uh, Calm Before the Storm board on 4chan that Q originally posted to. Colin also spoke to QAnon promoters like Liz Crokin, Justin Formtalk, and Dustin Nemos. They also spoke to Radix and Pamphlet Anon from the original QAnon livestream show Patriot's Soapbox. In the uh, first episode of that documentary series, Radix curses my name, which leads to Colin introducing me as the opposition to QAnon. And then there were all these other weird people that come out of like nowhere, this Travis View guy, where their whole like persona is just like attacking anybody that covers the Q posts. Like in any good game, QAnons have opposition. People who are just as obsessed with Q, only they devote their time to debunking it. When I created my account, I thought I was going to um, use it to make snarky comments occasionally, just sort of do it with the safety of uh, anonymity, as I've done for years and years and years. <laughs> I've always been sort of a anonymous shit poster through through accounts since I was like 14. 
I was just sort of like irritated with QAnon and I started making these screenshots about what they are doing and what they are up to because it was pissing me off that they were operating in the shadows and they're believing these crazy things and no one was talking about it. And so I wanted to show people. Wow, what a handsome fellow. I was uh, contacted by Colin in like early October like in, uh, of 2018, actually around the same time you guys reached out to me. So this was before I was doing much media at all. He was one of the very first people who ever reached out to me about what I was doing. And you could see I had about like 6,000 mm -hmm. followers at the time. Yeah. yeah. So not, not a whole lot. You had seven um, when we contacted you. Yeah. So yeah, he, he contacted me before you guys even did. Wow. He came over to my place and then we talked for hours about QAnon in different places. And then what he got out of that was I was an anonymous shit poster. <laughs> like, uh, yes, that's true. He, he was like, listen, the only point of having this guy in the documentary is to get him in trouble with the Washington Post. <laughs> <laughs> that segment leads to a segment that introduces our podcast, which includes a shot of Jake's feet. Correct. Yes, that's Correct. now. I, we didn't plan now, that. I want to explain Jake... this once and for mm -hmm. all to everybody, yeah. because I've been getting a lot of questions about mm -hmm. it, uh, probably more questions about that than any any of the content, let alone my my prophecy where I say okay. two years prophecy. ago that if QAnon disappeared tomorrow, okay. uh, it wouldn't matter. So you see yourself uh, as a prophet. Which turned out to be true. So we just, we're look, asking you why you showed feet, and now you're saying you're also a prophet. I'm trying to why, look. Where we, the full question is, why did you show feet but not eyes? Because <laughs> you had on dark sunglasses but bare toesies. Well, well, that, well that's, because, that's because, Travis, uh, feet are not the window to the soul. Uh, Jake doesn't want his soul to be stolen by the camera, so the, the glasses are protective measure. First of all, the glasses and the hat, look, this was two years ago. We didn't understand the QAnon community uh, the way we do now. Um, I was incredibly Don't say worried we, okay? about- Let's stick with the I statements. I, fine. <laughs> I had two concerns. One uh, was that, um, yeah. one was that, uh, you know, some, you know, a crazy, you know, QAnon follower would, uh, I don't know, uh, put put myself and my family in danger. That was, that was one concern mm -hmm. I had. Uh, number two, I, you know, at the time I was still working in the entertainment industry, and I was very worried that that you know uh, a, a a enemy of mine, a rival, uh, right. you know, what have you, An enemy. Uh, would would use would use the you know our podcast to mm. I don't know make it look like I was a you know I didn't right. want to get it misconstrued mm -hmm. you know that I was a QAnon follower right. or whatever even though we were clearly against it. You know, so I, so you, I did you, you were like, wear the a disguise. The best to do <laughs> is to pretend I'm somebody who would show feet and kick them up even. Who would not be now, like, hey, I'm barefoot, but like, hey, they should be on the couch. Now, let me, yeah. I'll, yeah, I mean, look, none of us <laughs> knew at that time that this was going to be become our full-time job. Okay, Let's but if, even way. if it's not your full-time job, then, but it's fine to just go over to a friend, a trusted friend's house and put your beautiful feet up like that? This is your fault. You have a no-shoes policy in your house. <laughs> It was a baking hot summer day. Okay. I was wearing shorts and flip-flops. Okay. You know, my feet get hot. <laughs> so, right. you know, I was wearing flip-flops and I they came over hot. and because of the no-shoes policy, yeah. uh, I had to take the flip-flops off obviously, which which um, you know, presented my yeah. my 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 little toesies. They do look hot though, and like a bit like a I don't know, like a cauldron of soup that's like kind of sweating off the edges, you know? 
Now, also, Julian has a very sinky couch. Oh, sinky. Okay? If I had swung my feet around and sat naturally, I would have looked like I was about three feet tall. And so, <laughs> and so I swung my feet up so that I was even yeah. with Julian because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I had a feeling it was going to be, you know, somewhat of a wide shot. I thought hopefully, you know, three quarter shot, right. you know, up waist up potentially. I didn't know that Colin uh, was going to be right. so wide. And so now three years later, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I respect mm-hmm. him. Uh, you know, I respect the shot because it, it did show us just kind of candidly hanging out, which is what he said he was going to do. And um, look, the feet are unfortunate. Look, I'm, I'm happy that they weren't super dirty, uh, that my toenails uh, weren't long and scraggly as they sometimes can be. Uh, and okay. I'm fine with it. You know, if the worst thing that 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 comes out for me uh, of this clip um, is that people think that I have beautiful feet and want to see more of them and are asking me to start an OnlyFans, I'm okay with that. And you're okay with starting an OnlyFans? I haven't yet, but I'm okay with people wanting that for me. <laughs> <laughs> End of discussion. That's it. So let's play the clip in which your toes feature so prominently. Welcome, listeners, to the 56th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis Yu. But before all that, QAnon News. Is we're like a, a Brita water filter for like all of like the horrible shit on the internet. You know, bad for the world, good for the podcast. Yeah. So we may just be seeing the tip of the iceberg, you know? Yeah, like they know how crazy it sounds, and so they won't actually come out. And, yeah. and out themselves that they believe in this shit. But I think when we talk about QAnon believers versus non-believers, I think that's actually the wrong way to, to look at it. Because these beliefs have been festering in American consciousness right. way before. Yeah, like that's yeah. the scary thing, is that if HA went down, Q never came back, it would still be just as strong, I think. I, I want to point out here, now re-listening to the clip, mm. um, you know, Jim Watkins, who was commenting on this very clip right. uh, in one of his live streams, he's actually dishonest. He says that we say fuck this and fuck that. I don't hear one single no. fuck. Uh, I say shit No, but twice. when he saw your feet, the word that came into his mind was fuck. 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 He wanted to fuck them. And Jake, also, I have to say, it's true that your toes are actively moving in that first shot. So your little toes... <laughs> They're doing a little dance there. I like it. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm just my two little hobbit feet. You will remember uh, your young feet. You know, it's like you got to appreciate with them while they're, you know, in, you know, later in life, they're not going to look as good. So you always have HBO as like an archive of how good those feet once looked. I guess more broadly, having seen the first four episodes, uh, what do you guys think of the documentary? I know the the reviews so far have been mixed, but what, what were your impressions? I... I thought it was uh, very good uh, journalism. I can understand the frustration some people who perhaps aren't familiar with QAnon or wanted something a little more compact since we've only had like a, basically a really bad documentary. So we haven't had that kind right. of simple one to two hour kind of description of QAnon. This is more of a chase and, uh, you know, a kind of like there's a lot of work put into the process of getting to information, Right. And so I can understand why that's frustrating for some people. But for me, this is very elucidating. It's showing, it's kind of uh, flashing a, a light in all these like dark crevices of how we got here. And so I wanted that history to be filled in. So, you know, I mean, uh, I, I think the work is, is valuable. And I also think it's, you know, often very thrilling uh, and well shot uh, as well. Yeah, I, I've been finding it fascinating so far. Um, and like I said, like I said, after the first two episodes, I don't think that we've had such a um, comprehensive 
sort of breakdown in, you know, like you said, Julian, in about an hour, an hour and a half of exactly where this started, how it got how it got popular, who were the early key players involved. I mean, it really, you know, I think for somebody who is is interested in this and doesn't know anything about QAnon, I mean, based on the research that that we've seen, I, I thought it was a very good breakdown of uh just sort of the 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 roots of um you know how it all got started and and I do I, I I like that um you know to me it's sort of I mean we'll see how the last two episodes shake out but it feels like there there's sort of two stories going on here one is this is this thread of how of how Frederick Brennan um sort of realized you know that his creation was not what he wanted initially and how he was being taken advantage of by the Watkins and seeing his turn and detachment and and ultimately you know we will see him you know really have to you know escape for his life um that coupled with the investigation into who could be doing the posts who is in control of the posts how the um the trip codes changed who lost control of the account initially and and um for me there's been a lot of new information in terms of just how much control Ron Watkins did have at the moment um that mm-hmm. Q uh went from 4chan to 8chan um I, I think it's I think it's really fascinating, and um, I thought it was really funny that the Bannon debunk uh, came from the fact that he thought Michael Flynn was a quote fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was yeah that was good. a really I think really interesting point I mean really kind of uh, uh, I guess interaction between Ron Watkins and Colin in which Ron points to some IP addresses that were like around that or allegedly were coming from around Bannon's house from from uh, the Q drops and then Colin basically reasons like why would Ron be revealing this information and it almost as if Ron is trying to basically frame Bannon or basically to right. uh, trying to concoct some evidence right it yeah. makes it appear like it's Bannon for Cullen mm-hmm. um, and that that was a whole weird bit and then and then Cullen really committed to the bit by flying all the way to hell to Italy to try to track down Steve Bannon um, but yeah that was a really interesting point I mean I'm blown away by the access I mean the, the fact that there's before this there was virtually no video of Ron Watkins on the internet like this right. guy was tr- was trying to operate kind of like a shadow like he had his own personal uh, Twitter account uh, he had also the uh, the eight 8chan Twitter account that he operated but he was like this figure who I knew was sort of like pulling strings from behind this curtain but I didn't had no idea what he's doing and so I'm like watching this this thing and I'm freaking out it's like there he is and like I know these these weird unnerving goofballs are the people who are responsible for QAnon as stupid as it sounds they're the ones who platformed it they're the ones who encouraged it and those are the ones who are you know I guess almost certainly are even authoring some of the Q drops I mean I have my own I guess quibbles with with the documentary but overall I think it's a great piece of journalism I think I'm learning a lot I think it breaks down a lot of the sort of the little details that explain the evolution of QAnon like for example how Ron Watkins kind of stole Q uh, or at least appeared to steal Q from Paul Ferber uh, when it made the transfer over to HN. those like little things that are very technical and sometimes hard to explain but are essential to kind of like understanding what the hell happened here I think those are were all done very well. I agree. You know, I think uh, people sometimes say like work is important instead of like good or fun to watch or whatever. And I don't mean that in a moral sense. I think this is important because it maps things out more clearly and and like I said, shines a light to give more information to the whole field. 
So it is, it's valuable. I mean, that's, I'm unequivocal on that. One thing that I thought was really interesting in the last two episodes, episodes three and four, I can't remember which one it is, but the idea that there are sort of operatives within the sort of uh, standard GOP that are also trying to figure out who QAnon is, or they have their guests, or they claim to know, like that, that um, scene where Omar Navarro was caught on camera saying, you know, I know it's, uh, I know uh, Stone is one of them. Oh, you know, I know Flynn is one of them. Yeah. So it was really interesting to see, even within the GOP, uh, people trying to figure out the origins. Which one? You know, are they close to Trump? Are they not? Um, that I th- I thought that was really fascinating. I suppose you know, one one of the notes that I had, I think that it could have done better. This is certainly this is just per, uh, particular to me. Is that I wish that they did a better job of explaining why the Q proofs are bad. And I'm glad that they sort of like broke down like all the Q proofs and like why all of the uh, QAnon followers think that they're so convincing. But I, 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 it's not enough to just sort of give sort of like a general sort of explanation of like how cold reading works. When you really dig into this Q proofs, um, if you just say it, say them out. Loud, how they work. They sound kind of convincing, mm-hmm. but you need to break them down in order to like really um, you know, understand why they're all bad. For example, the movie, it talks a lot about the, the tippy top Q proof. So this is the one in which Trump says uh, tippy top at the uh, White House during uh, during Easter. Right. And then Trump supposedly does this at the request of an anon on 8chan. And then the documentary, it cuts to a QAnon follower who said who was just very, very impressed with this Q proof. We keep it in tip-top shape. We call it sometimes tippy-top shape. And it's a great, great place. I want somebody to talk me out of why Trump said tippy-top. Right, so you would have liked Cullen to maybe explain not to that guy maybe, but at least to the viewer? Yeah, I would like yeah a little bit better explanation because that, that tip-top request, I mean, it specifically asks to uh, Trump to say the tip-top at the State of the Union address. And then Trump didn't. And then, but instead, Trump said the phrase "tip top" months later at that uh, that Easter celebration at the White House. Mm-hmm. So didn't even do what Q requested. And then uh, on the the other thing is that "tip top" is just a phrase that Trump uses occasionally. For example, uh, much earlier, Trump used the phrase "tip top" when talking about uh, the U.S. nuclear arsenal. You want no increase whatsoever? You're happy. We won't need an increase, but I want modernization and I want total rehabilitation. It's got to be in tip-top shape. So, I mean, like, I get why, you know, Cullen didn't, like, you know, just grind the documentary to a stop in order to explain why all of these Q-proofs are bad. But, I don't know, I, th- I think it's, like, I still think it's very v- valuable to understand, like, all of these are, are terrible. Like, mm-hmm. like they don't prove anything. In fact, even if we were to, like, uh, even if it established that, that, uh, that, Trump was listening to the boards or people around Trump was listening to the boards, that wouldn't prove any of the main claims around Q. At best, it would prove that, you know, Trump was like paying attention to what was going on HN and then reacting to it in order to pander right. to that those people, which, I mean, I could believe. I don't, it's not a crazy thing. I did think that in the third and fourth episodes, there was a much bigger effort to sort of show in all the ways that Q was wrong. Despite all that, um, I would say, yeah, is absolutely worth watching. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it's I riveting personally. Yeah. And I think is um, not just uh, a, a cool documentary. I think it's going to be a valuable historical document Agreed. when talking about uh, 8chan and QAnon and stuff. Yep. And that brings me to uh, our next story, which is Travis View Unmasked. So one consequence of this documentary in which I talk about how I'm, uh, I'm anonymous is that I have chosen to dox myself. And this was I partly pushed along by the fact that 
that the Washington Post, the day after the, the first two documentary episodes aired, uh, called me up and they acted surprised that Travis View isn't my real name, which is surprising to me. I don't think I've ever I've never been uh, shady about this. I've been open about the fact that it's a pseudonym. But the fact that they were that I was quoted in the Washington Post and wrote columns for the Washington Post mm-hmm. as Travis View, who is which is not my legal name, uh, they because they have some policies around anonymity, which they didn't follow in my case. So one of their journalists is, is writing Whoops. an article uh, about this, which is dropping the day after we record today. So we'll see how that goes. They're going to cut you loose, dude. You're fucked. <laughs> I realized that being anonymous would continue causing issues for me. Um, so I decided to it just dox myself. Yeah. Um, so my, my legal name is Logan Strain. That's that's made up as a lot of people. That's it. Logan Strain. That's it. Sounds made up. Sounds made up. And yeah, you know, a lot of people said like that. A lot of people commented that it actually sounds more made up than my made up name. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to read a lot of comments from on Twitter that I got after I did the big reveal there. So, uh, Jake, could you read the the first comment I got about my my uh, my unveiling? Sure. Uh, the deep states deep stoat uh, writes at Travis View. Logan Strain sounds like an action hero slash virologist who fights mutants infected by bioengineered viruses in order to gain samples and develop a cure. Specific. <laughs> Almost fanfic. <laughs> uh, Rev writes, Logan Strain is actually the name of the evil doctor who made Travis View. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I wonder, can people ship uh, Logan Strain with Travis View? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alex Chercheck writes, Logan Strain sounds way too cool to be a real name. It's like claiming you just happen to be called Jack Ruger and you're a police detective. <laughs> nice. Get him, folks. Get him. So there's that. So hopefully uh, this will put this all behind us. I'll still be going by Travis View because that's my working name. That's my professional name. But yeah, that's my real name. And uh, that's that. Heroes of QAnon. Where are they now? First, let's check on uh, Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn. And Flynn is slated to headline a three-day QAnon conference in Dallas, Texas. So he is... Oh, my goodness. It's Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> he is still uh, very much embracing the uh, QAnon community. He's uh, listed as one of the speakers for a Memorial Day weekend conference called For God and Country Patriot Roundup 2021. Now, the conference features several major QAnon promoters. Uh, this includes Jordan Sather, The Kate Awakening, Red Pill 78, and even Inevitable E.T., who used to be a regular fixture on Twitter. I don't think he's ever spoken publicly, so this is a big unveiling for him as well, I guess. It goes without saying, J.T. Wilde will be providing the entertainment. So here's how the conference builds itself on its website. For three days from the Gillies stage, you will have the opportunity to hear from some of your favorite patriots and digital soldiers in both keynote speeches and panel forums. You will also have the opportunity to meet and interact with these people, as well as meet fellow patriots from around the country and world. Although this has been a time of uncertainty for many, it is also a time of excitement as we witness political history being made before our eyes. What better time and place to get together to fellowship and celebrate with your Patriot family? We feel it couldn't be a better time, so saddle up and join us in beautiful Dallas this Memorial Day weekend. 
I mean, it concerns me a little bit that QAnon events or uh, marches or conferences, they used to be one day affairs, but now it's three days of QAnon. Is, uh, I don't know if I could could take that much in person. That's a lot. Is Biden driving a motorcade through there on that date? <laughs> All right. What about uh, Flynn's relatives? Because they were all in on QAnon as well. Well, apparently they are trying to distance themselves from QAnon because the relatives of General Flynn are currently suing CNN because CNN claimed accurately that they took a QAnon oath. So General Flynn's brother, Jack Flynn, and his wife, Leslie, they're suing CNN for $75 million in a defamation lawsuit that was uh, filed on federal court on Thursday. So the lawsuit concerns a video that Michael Flynn uploaded to Twitter on the 4th of July in 2020. That video depicts General Flynn, his two brothers, and their wives in a, in a backyard uh, taking the so-called digital soldier oath. So uh, the oath just consists of the regular oath that U.S. federal officers and agents have to take, but with the phrase, where we go one, we go all, added uh, at the end. The lawsuit essentially argues that the oath has nothing to do with QAnon, which is absurd because uh, the only reason Flynn and and tens of thousands of QAnon followers took the oath was because they were told to by Q. Q laid out the oath and then and then Q said, take the oath. And then they did. This is a QAnon oath. Here's the really crazy part. The lawsuit makes the false claim that where we go one, we go all is not a QAnon phrase. But a, he, he, well, this is just directly from the lawsuit. The phrase, where we go one, we go all, was first engraved on a bell on one of President John F. Kennedy's sailboats. That's not it's true. That's a QAnon claim. That's a Q, that's another so wait, they, Q they got made a up thing. Claim. That is a Q fact <laughs> Into that it the comes document. from. Into this oh fucking document. They, that's right. They In the have, lawsuit. Yeah, they have baked themselves. They baked <laughs> on the record, on the fucking judicial record. <laughs> that's This is amazing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> acknowledging the unity of mankind. In his video published on July 4th, 2020, General Flynn intended to encourage people to think about being good citizens, to love country, and be good patriots. The video had nothing to do with QAnon or recruiting quote-unquote digital soldiers for an apocalyptic reckoning. They clearly haven't read his fucking columns uh, <laughs> yeah, or watched his speech where he talks about digital soldiers. You're right. It is interesting. I mean, this is part of this weird, uh, I guess, gaslighting campaign from QAnon followers generally where they're trying to claim that they aren't QAnon because there is no QAnon. Also, where we go one, we go all isn't a QAnon phrase because and, yeah. and they but they deny it. You're right. By by basically doing the Q-pilled thing of saying it came from JFK when, of course, in reality, it came from the 1996 film White Squall. Yeah. No, the average Q follower is now wearing like eight pairs of Groucho Marx glasses over each other. <laughs> What about Sidney Powell, everyone's favorite QAnon leopard print lawyer? <laughs> so uh, Sidney Powell is arguing in a court filing that no reasonable person would believe her election fraud claims are true. So the background on this story 
is that uh, Dominion Voting Systems sued Powell for defamation after she pushed lawsuits and made appearances in conservative media on uh, behalf of then-President Trump to sow doubt about the 2020 election results. Dominion claims that Powell knew her election fraud accusations were false and hurtful to the company. However, in a new filing, Powell's attorneys write that she was sharing her opinion and that the public could reach their own conclusions about whether votes were changed by election machines. They argued uh, Powell's statements should be taken in the context of the highly charged election and that any reasonable person would understand that she wasn't making factual claims, even though that she made her claims in lawsuits in addition to like media appearances. Now, this this is tough because any reasonable person wouldn't uh, take the claims that she made as fact. Uh, This is a very tricky, tricky move by the lawyer. (laughs) Here are a few lines from that filing. Notably, one of the focal points of the complaint is the press conference held by Sidney Powell and others on November 19, 2020, at the Republican National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. Obviously, any press conference originating from the Republican National Committee is political to its core. Given the highly charged and political context of the statements, it is clear that Powell was describing the facts on which she based the lawsuits she filed in support of President Trump. Indeed, plaintiffs themselves characterize the statements at issue as, quote, wild accusations and outlandish claims. They are repeatedly labeled, quote, inherently improbable and even impossible. Such characterizations of the allegedly defamatory statements further support defendants' position that reasonable people would not accept such statements as fact, but view them only as claims that await testing by the courts through the adversary process. Right. So she's doing the Alex Jones, I'm a performance artist? Yeah, basically. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I always like the idea that, well, since the press conference was at the RNC headquarters or whatever, then just saying that, you know, the election is fraudulent is just a political statement, right? It's just a thing that you say in order to, you know, gain power. So you can't be taken as like a serious statement of fact. That rocks because she's basically like, listen, I know I'm a lawyer, but I would like the privilege of politicians to lie my balls off and not have any consequences. I mean, that's basically it, because like, yeah, I mean, like. Her and like Lynn Wood, they really are more like media lawyers at this point where like their their goal is to, you know, with, with their, you know, their catchy phrases like release the Kraken, right. uh, they get people riled up. And it's more about, you know, pumping the media full of this bullshit than it is actually making a coherent claim that could be defended in court. In fact, in the past, lawyers would be known for their statements that worked like, um, you know, if the glove doesn't fit, you have to acquit or some shit like that. In this case, they're going to get famous for the famous phrases they uttered before getting things completely wrong and then falling down the stairs. Someone else we should check on is uh, Mike Lindell, or Mike Pillow, as he likes to be called. (laughs) He loves Uh, that. Mike Lindell has announced a new social media platform called Frank, and he also claims Mm. that uh, Trump will be president again in August. Is it named after the uh, racist Italian uncle we all have? I assume, yes, 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 it is. (laughs) One of the innovations of Frank, according to Lindell, is that users will automatically follow influencers. I mean, here's Lindell explaining how that's supposed to work. So when this launches, millions are going to come over. And what I'm doing is when the influencers come over, 
um, they will now have a platform where all the people down here follow them instantly. That If someone joins Prank, it's, it's reverse engineered. They don't have to earn their followers. So someone such as yourself, Eric, you'll have millions right away because they need to see your show. They need to see, hear the word. They, they need to hear uh, free speech. Well, when that happens now, what I'm going to do to my influence, I'm going to say, as soon as you get kicked off of YouTube, you're getting a bonus. Because why? Because then you're actually speaking out free speech and you're not worrying about what Mr. Alphabet and Mr. Google say about us or Suckabuck or Dorky and all these people <laughs> that try and control us here and that are all going to prison. They're all going to prison, I'm telling you, by the time this is done. Oh my god. Free followers. Free followers. Who 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 had fucking missed that amazing business plan? We're gonna auto <laughs> just get free. Hey! And if you get banned everywhere else, we give you a reward. <laughs> so wait a minute. So when you so let's say I make a Frank account and I sign up, it just automatically follows like all of the biggest uh yeah. you know disinfo pushers all Pretty at once. Much. That's exactly. the, that's you the were, deal. You, yeah, you that is it's compulsory. You don't get a choice. You don't have to click anything. You're automatically follow Mike Lindell so he can talk straight at you without oh any effort. Oh my god, this is awful. Yeah. This is bad. It is great. The, yes, I love the, the bonuses for getting kicked off of other social media platforms. That is incredible. <laughs> we will pay you to get banned. We will pay they you actually, to get banned so that then you can only post on ours and you have to rely on us. And you'll be boosted. You'll be yeah. boosted. We'll, 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 it's love bombing. We'll get triple the followers and they'll, they'll have no choice but to have to listen to whatever you have to say. I love that these motherfuckers complained about bots for so long and then they're like, yeah, we're going to auto-follow accounts with people like as soon as they join. So you could just create an account and that would create followers for like everybody. Uh, so you could just actually create new accounts like pretty much infinitely and uh, yeah, we're not going to be looking too much into that. This is going to be such an inflated platform. Like everybody will be like a growth hack uh, style like fucking piece of shit account. And they're probably going to end up writing an algorithm so there's like five people whose shit is still visible. One of them will be Metaxas and the other one will be this dork, uh, my pillow motherfucker. And by the way, he used the same he used those same little nicknames, uh, Suckabuck, yeah, Suckabuck and Dork and Dorky for Jack Dorsey on the Matrix Groove show, which he did an interview with a couple days ago. So he's he's also full like fully interacting with the QAnon influencers. Lindell also says that he is planning a lawsuit that will make Trump president again by August. What I'm talking about, Steve, is what I have been doing since January 9th. All the evidence I have, everything is going to go before the Supreme Court and the election of 2020 is going bye bye. I, it was an attack by other country communism coming in. I don't know what they're going to do with what after they pull it down, but it's getting But hang, hang on, hang on, sorry. Hold hang, on. Hang, Donald Trump will go, be go back ahead. in office in August. <laughs> hang on. Hang, hang, okay, go ahead. It's like, okay, uh, this it. locomotive is not slowing down. Let, never mind. So, yeah, he is still a true believer. I mean, he is like he has he is a zealot. I mean, he will really go to his grave trying to reverse the 2020 election, I believe. My next update is about Donald Trump himself, since he, too, has been banned from 
basically all major social media. So he's been basically been whining about the Durham investigation. I think it's a bit worth mentioning that Q is currently in its longest silent period ever. Uh, the, the last time Q posted was December 8th, 2020. And prior to this period, the longest uh, period of inactivity was in 2019 when Cloudflare uh, denied services to HN and Q couldn't post at all for a few months. Now, there's a lot of speculation that Q is dead and Q will never post again. Every time I thought that personally, Q wound up posting again, so I'm not going to go that far. Who knows? But uh, Q is very, very silent. And But the second to last Q drop uh, just says Durham, implying that you know something significant is going to happen with the Durham investigation. This is the uh, investigation in which attorney John Durham was tasked with investigating the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation. And so far, that particular investigation has only led to a single prosecution of uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, CIA attorney, for altering an email. But that was apparently too small of a fish for Donald Trump. Um, he recently issued a brief statement to complain, and that statement says this. Where's John Durham? Is he a living, breathing human being? Will there ever be a Durham report? Mm. Just in, in, in his Palm Beach camp compound, <laughs> stewing, can't tweet, asks his assistant to send out a message because he knows that you know, at least news outlets will, will pick up on it. I got to say, you know, I the world is a better place since uh, Twitter just gave him a boot. Oh, way, yeah. way more boring. You're totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> boo, Travis. Boo, boo, boo. No. And also, it's so funny because he's basically just like, there is... Do, do we, when is Q going to drop again? Very frustrating to go to QAnon.pub and still see the thing that says Durham. That makes me think of Durham. And how is he going to, how is he going to retweet uh, QAnon, QAnon propaganda now? I mean, is he just going to put out like a, a statement on presidential letterhead with a couple, you know, faded printed out pictures with it? I mean, Jordan Sather is a it. digital soldier. He's, he's a wonderfully built young uh, lad. One of our best. What about the QAnon followers themselves? They are still extremely active on uh, Telegram and Gab. And most recently, they've been spinning a lot of conspiracy theories about the Suez Canal, which was blocked by the cargo ship, the Ever Given, which uh, wound up you know, halting a lot of international trade uh, because apparently 12% of our you know, ship goods go through that particular canal uh, worldwide. But many Q1 followers got the idea that this ship was somehow related to Hillary Clinton and human sex trafficking, right. which, you know, unsurprisingly. Yeah. So, well, they block the ship for like three, four days to have the orgy, like, mm. um, like Blade. Have you ever seen Blade? The blood comes yeah. from like oh, the yeah. sprinklers. They have like all the, you know, obviously the sh it's a shell, on the outside that looks like a bunch of containers kind of stacked on each other, very boring. But inside, uh, untold mysteries. Untold, it's the new Epstein Island, I hear. Blade was probably predictive programming for uh, this this whole Ever Given situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, ever Given, too. I mean, look at the name. It's your Ever Given BJs and HJs. It, you they know? were saying. It's, it stands for saying. whoever given a fuck about this news story is stupid. I <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, QAnon supporter was saying the biggest secret ever given. Oh, yes. And, so they got this idea in part because the Ever Given is owned by the Taiwan-based company Evergreen Marine. And the Secret Service code name for Hillary Clinton was Evergreen. This is true. What? And uh, the, the word Evergreen happens to feature in two separate Q drops. In addition to that, the radio call sign for uh, the Ever Given is H 
H3RC, which is dangerously close to just HRC, Hillary, Rodham, mm. Clinton. How many coincidences, I ask you? Holy shit. Okay, so this is all real, right? Because it sounds no. <laughs> so. Yeah, so they got the idea. It's like, well, what they, the, the idea was is that, well, the ship is like full of children and it was dislodged purposely to draw media attention straight to it. And then what's going to happen is that they're going to unload the cargo and we'll discover all the horrors inside. And then the world will know the truth. And then my family will start talking to me again because yeah, it was proven, proven I was right the whole time. It was really, really bizarre. Of course, uh, the Ever Given was refloated and unblocked. There was no evidence that it was involved in human sex trafficking. And it seemed to disappoint QAnon followers on Telegram who said stuff like this. I'm not jumping ship. I'm just getting tired. I have good days trusting the plan, and then there's days I'm disappointed. The vaccine issue is getting serious around me, and I'm struggling with it all. I love the idea that what's closing in on people is not COVID-19. It's the vaccine. The vaccine, <laughs> <It's> yeah. <coming. laughs> hey, there's a real bad case of vaccine. It's spreading. We got cases all over the state. I mean, also, it's very weird that news comes out, at least that there's no worldwide reports of, uh, of uh, you know, of sex trafficking on, on this ship. And then their immediate reaction is disappointment. Oh, bummer. You know, uh, because, you know, they still think that I guess the underlying truth is that, you know, the sex trafficking happens, I guess, through these giant ships. But now it's just not revealed. Now the world doesn't know the truth. It seems like what happens is that they, they assume that any sort of worldwide news event is related to their conspiracy theories because if attention is being paid to that thing, then it must be significant to their own particular conception of the world. When they finally pry open the right container uh, or get into the basement under uh, Comet Ping Pong, they're just going to find Toad and he's going to be like, I'm sorry, Mario, the mole children are in a different <laughs> castle. <laughs> I also thought it was especially weird because there was also recently news about actual real life elite human sex trafficking. And that came from the fact that uh, Epstein madam Ghislaine Maxwell was charged with uh, trafficking a 14 year old girl. So uh, federal prosecutors accused Maxwell of grooming a 14 year old uh, to engage in sex acts with Epstein and then later paying her. The indictment charged that on multiple occasions between 2001 and 2004, the girl provided uh, nude massages to Epstein at his Palm Beach, Florida estate during which he engaged in sex acts with her. It also said that at one point Epstein and Maxwell invited the girl to travel with Epstein and offered to help her obtain a passport, but she declined. Frequently during the period of sex trafficking, Maxwell and others who were employed by Epstein sent the girl presents, including lingerie. So this is all horrifying, stomach-churning stuff. Um, and it is, of course, just one of many untold cases of abuse that uh, may never see the light of day. Um, so, I mean, this is something that's worth paying attention to if you're a QAnon follower, you're, you want to see the real stuff. Um, and, you know, I got to say, we were denied justice, uh, I think, uh, in the case of Epstein, who died died in prison. But surely this wealthy daughter of a Mossad agent will finally have to pay for what she did and not die mysteriously in prison. And if she does, I'm quitting the podcast. Yeah, I'm quitting, too. If she <laughs> does, know, that's, that'll be too much for our little brains to bear. Why would you why would you like basically agree to destroy the podcast if something that's obviously going to happen happens? <laughs> <laughs> I just 
I just remember we're I go, looking for a way out, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's my exit strategy. I, I'm worried because like I remember fretting about Epstein, but on the podcast right before mm-hmm. yep. he died. And then Correct. and then it happened. So yes. yeah, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know what to tell I wouldn't know what to tell people after that. Be like, oh well, you know, yeah, Trav. The details are wrong, but basically, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the D, yeah, the, the, it's it's directional. So what correct. you guys are saying is you'd be quitting the podcast because you would both believe QAnon is real. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, uh, no, I, I wouldn't no. go that far. I would, I think, I would have a tougher time explaining to people why it was false if, if you know, these actual elite human traffickers kept dying mysteriously in prison. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if a very well-spoken QAnon follower, you know, challenged Travis and said, well, how can you say none of this is real when uh, both uh, Epstein and Ghislaine uh, 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 mysteriously committed suicide in jail after being charged with theft trafficking? It's a moot point, actually, because even if Ghislaine were to to befall the same fate as her, as her lover, QAnon wouldn't be interested in that. They, they would use it as a marker to to say that, um, you know, John Podesta is eating the faces off children, uh, but they wouldn't be so concerned with any real, actual, mm-hmm. uh, intelligible uh, sort of charges of, you know, elite pedophilia and sex trafficking. But, you know, I mean, yeah. the way you said it, Lover, you know, it's very touching that that would mean that maybe she would be joining, you know, her twin flame up in heaven if she, if she is, you know, let's say, you know, if cameras. I mean, it, if there is a heaven and a hell, I don't think uh, they're yeah. going if, to the, I don't think they're no, going to the one heaven, that of you course. said. And so, uh, furthermore, uh, if she was killed by, let's say, failing cameras that caused her death, um, yeah, then they would get to meet up on the, and they would just, I guess, play the loot or whatever they did when they weren't being sex perverts. Yeah, or even better, they would meet up on the old island because they're not, neither of them are dead and they're still alive. I'm I'm convinced there's no genitals in heaven. <laughs> really, you don't think everybody's just no. sort of talking yeah. about it? You just feel like you're coming all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to Patreon.com/QAnonAnonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every single week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. Uh, we usually stream twice a week at twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous. Uh, you can also catch Julian Field, uh, spelled F-E-E-L-D, on his own stream where he's doing uh, live documentaries and all sorts of fun baking, uh, and that's twitch.tv slash Julian Field. Uh, for everything else, we have QAnonAnonymous.com where you'll find uh, merch, a link to the Discord, access to the lost episodes, and all sorts of other good stuff. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now, today's auto cue. I miss you, you boys so much already. I know it was weird coming into the yeah. coming into the studio without uh, without you. Yeah, no one was here to offer me coffee or water. It was for it. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have to refuse both. It's crazy. I had to buy my own cigarettes beforehand. I mean, I left you a bunch of like weed stuff in that little box to the right of the of the. Uh, Oh, copy so that. So all this stuff Thank is there. You. There's still some tobacco in that pouch. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna find all of your video game consoles just picked apart by the time you get back. My friends, it's Roger, Mud Fossil University. Today we're gonna be talking about the Bermuda Triangle. And what is there anything special about that? Why do they keep saying all these things happen? They can't find the things. They go down there. They're just lost forever. They're they're essentially gone. They have no clue what happened to them. 
Well, there is some strange things going on there that I have seen and I would like to report on. And first of all, there's there's more than just a Bermuda Triangle involved there. We're also working with Florida. What is the involvement? Wow, what is going on there? That's not that's not part of the Bermuda Triangle, is it? Well, maybe it is. Let's find out. Okay, just so you know, and everybody does know about the fish and the dragon. And the fish is down here and its body comes this way. Somebody mentioned that this might cut the fish's tail like the fish tail comes straight out there. I don't think so because the fish's tail is like this. If it's a normal fish, unless it had some big long fluty thing. But anyway, and then you have the dragon above it. So this is, this is not something that anybody can dispute.